Americas live and underway here on ESPN Plus with live images of Ahmad bin Ali Stadium. The United States and Wales have just faced off at the 2022 World Cup. A dramatic 90 minutes and a 90 minutes that finishes in a 1-1 draw. Alongside Hercules Gomez, I'm Sebastian Salazar. Let's breathe. That was intense. It was intense. It's been eight years since we watched the U.S. play in a World Cup. I forgot how intense it was. It has been eight years, uh, wow. believe it or not. It is crazy to think it's been that long. Crazy to think. Uh, crazy game. Lots to discuss. And, and many people will be joining us throughout the show to discuss uh, what we've seen, not just in USA-Wales, but also everything else throughout the day. We're going to hear from Casey Keller, of course, a uh, longtime great U.S. goalkeeper. We'll hear from him in just a few minutes. We'll also hear from Nadam Anu, our good friend from ESPN FC, with some <coughs> perspective on England. We'll also turn our attention to the England-USA matchup uh, now in just a few days' time. But uh, first things first here, Herc, we can't show you the video. Thanks, FIFA. Let's show you the match stats uh, from this game that was. And I tell you what, uh, it was a game that for many, many of the 90 minutes, Herc, you really, truly believe that the United States were headed to three points. But instead, not how it turned out. Yeah, you want me to throw out the cliche of Botello two halves? Yeah, yeah, it was. Because if you remember the first half, possession stats were actually, what, 67%, I think, to the U.S.? And then you see how Wales came alive in the second half. Just 58% possession. But really, the story here were the goals. A beautiful goal for the United States in the 36th minute after an absolutely dominant first half. Christian Pulisic through to Tim Weah. And then, of course, the Wales goal coming late in this game, right around the 88th minute. Uh, Walker Zimmerman called for the penalty. A few minutes after that, Gareth Bale steps to the spot and converts. No surprise there that it's him doing the damage for Wales. And in the end, 1-1, the final score between these two teams. All right, first thoughts, a few minutes out. Uh, that the U.S. men's national team very disappointed yeah. with the result. Do we go as far as to say they blew it? Yes, they blew it. Greg Berhalter blew this. Really? Yes. Why? Specifically, what did he do? With such a young team, you mm -hmm. have to recognize the moments. Yeah. The moments where they're being overpowered, especially in the midfield. Right. When maybe they're outmatched, when they're coming down your throats, when you need to make a change and make it soon. So what you're saying, you in the second half, late. he didn't go to the bench soon enough? I he mean, didn't. he makes his first change, what, 65 no. and, minutes? And in, fact, in fact, it's Weston McKinney who comes off. Mm -hmm. And immediately when he comes off, he's grabbing... His yep. legs. So that leads me to believe it may have been him who asked for that sub. Right. Or who looked like he just couldn't go anymore instead of saying, you know what? We've not gotten to hold of this ball. Right. After a dominant 45, the first 45, when you probably should have had more than one, yeah. we've not had the ball. Down, down uh, uh, Wells' uh, throat. We're in a good pace. And then all of a sudden, we lose it. We allow them back into the game. They're chasing the game, by the way. And it's exactly what you want if you're the U.S. men's national team. Because then you can pick them apart. You can say, I can exploit the spaces that they're going to leave. The same way you exploited the spaces in the first half. With Timothy Weah. With Christian Pulisic. Uh, with these players that are very good driving the ball. Penetrating lines like Yunus Musa. But you didn't. You tried to sit and absorb. And all of a sudden, your midfield, which has been a strength of this team, has become non-existent. Yeah, so clearly something changed at the half, right? Wales made their adjustment. They, they made a significant change bringing on Kiefer Moore. That totally changes how they play, right? You've taken Daniel James off. He's your speed in behind guy. Yeah. You brought in that big target. What is he, 6'4"? 6'4". 6'5". And that's the problem. That's the problem. They really struggled with the physicality. Yeah, what, what changed there? Because I, I really thought, man, the U.S. were playing light years ahead of Wales you in the first You know what's funny? You know, I was talking to producer Beto, uh, you know, right around the 50th minute, 50, 55th minute, and he's like, hey, who's so far your man of the match? And like, men. 
Is like, what do you mean? I said the two center backs yeah. have been impressive for the U.S. Men's National Team. Tim Ream for me was dominant. So good. Both of them. Walker Zimmerman in that first half. Maybe the mm. first 50, 60 minutes. They also, can we say, they were not tested at all in the well, first half. How can you judge a center back in the well, first half? Well, hold on. Hold right? on. Hold on. And then when they were tested, when, when Wells for a good 20 minutes yeah. were jumping on them, mm -hmm. were all over them. It was the center backs. It was their intelligent play that was keeping the U.S. men's national team kind of at bay and kind of steady. And then Walker Zimmerman has an unfortunate lunge in the box to a player who has his back to goal that you should never do, and they call a penalty kick. Up until that moment, the center backs, both of them together, that pairing, was very, very good. Can I defend Greg Berhalter a little bit here? Right, so at halftime, half Rob Page, Wales manager, he's obligated to make a change. Is Greg Berhalter at the half, the way the first half went, obligated to make a change? No. Did you want him to make a change? No, but that's not when you make the change. When you see well, that it's been 20 it minutes. When you see it's that one nothing when he makes the change. They're still leading hold on, the game. Hold on. When you see that it's 20 minutes in and you've not touched the ball in their half, mm -hmm. you have to do something different. It just can't be but Weston McKinney for it can't just, 20 listen, minutes after the sub, dude. Did you say, let me give me a chance? Give yep. me a chance. Okay? It can't just be Weston McKinney out because you're forced to, because it's forced your hand because he's injured. Okay? And you put Brendan Aronson in, who didn't touch much of the ball. Yeah. And when you make the three subs, immediately you put in Haji Wright, you put in Ye uh, uh, Yedlin, uh, and then you put in Acosta. All of a sudden, you get a little bit of life from your mm -hmm. team. You send a message. You send a message to this very young team who, when the chips were down, so to speak, they're down your throat, got rattled. They got shaken. That mentality was broken a bit. You have to send a message. Uh, is there something on the players here? Because not only were the, the opportunities not taken advantage of in the first half, but in the second half, when Wales clearly has to come out of their shell, that game opened up. And what did you and I say? We never talked during games. We don't agree on much. But we said, this is good for the U.S., right? Of course. It opened up, and you're thinking, all right, Pulisic running at this you defense can pick is them trouble. Apart. So, so that game plan is exactly what Greg Berhalter wanted. Wales opens up. The team didn't take advantage. What happened? The team did not what take happened? advantage of those what moments to in that? the second half. What happened to the possession from the first half to the second? What happened? But Wales has to do Why? that. Why? Yes, they do. So what do you have to do? You have to be smart enough to get a hold of the ball and freeze the game. Slow it down. That's on players, Herc. That's not on the manager. Do you want him to, to run out there and do it? Of course it's on players. Who's in charge of those players? This is such a young team. You have to help them. You have to give them answers. You have to give them solutions. Give them options. Don't just say, figure it out. That's not what you do. You don't tell players to figure it out. I, I How like young is this team? Very, the youngest. The youngest. Yeah. The youngest in the World Cup. Okay? The youngest in the World Cup. So when you're outmatched physically, when you're outmatched in the midfield, mm -hmm. when all of a sudden Tyler Adams doesn't have a hold of the ball. Weston McKinney can't get the ball. When you have Eunice Musa, whose strength is being on the ball, not on the ball, what do you do if you're the coach? Just wait and hope they figure it out? No, you make changes. You make changes. I, what are the changes that you would have made? I probably would have brought in Kellen Acosta a little sooner. There has to be a little bit more bite, more grit. Bite, that, yes, presence. yes, yeah. yes. And, and there are a few and times. gamesmanship. Gamesmanship. Thank you. There are a <laughs> yeah. few times when you, instead of getting a yellow card, you stop the play 75 yards away from goal. Okay? Christian Pulisic should have brought somebody down, didn't bring somebody down. Then it's, then it's who has to bring somebody down. Kellen Acosta and gets a yellow. You have to put these fires out before they start. Mm -hmm. You have to make sure you do that. Gamesmanship is part of it. But being intelligent is another part. Being there, because they've not been there, counts. So if you've not been in there, you have to be intelligent. That comes from outside. Guess who's been there? Yeah. Greg Berhalter. Yeah, the first uh, person to both play for and manage the United States uh, in a World Cup. I feel like a lot of our discussion about this game is going to be colored so much by the fact that there's this late penalty, right? Yeah. But it, if we go up until minute 80, 
I feel like this was a really, really good day at the office for the United States. Was it that, or, or is that exactly what Wales wanted? Like, does Wales actually deserve some credit here for the draw? Absolutely. Wales deserves plenty. Listen, this is... A, this because is, you just said the U.S. blew it. Yes, but let me tell you why. This is the game where both teams walk away thinking they deserved more. How can, we deserve how can more Wales say because they of that second more. half? Did you see the expected goals? And I hate expected goals, but yeah. they were all over the U.S. men's national team. But not only will both teams walk away thinking they deserved more, but also walk away thinking we were lucky to walk away with the point. Yeah, it was that type of game. You thought at times not only were they overmatched, outmatched U.S. men's national team, but that momentum towards the end of the game wasn't in their favor. That at any moment. The goal, the dagger could come. But because of that first half, you think to yourself, man, that was a really, really good first half. That was really something to hang your hat on for this young team of the U.S. Men's National Team. But these moral victories mean nothing. Yeah, uh, let's talk about the penalty then. Uh, obviously, it's a huge moment. And it's Walker Zimmerman yeah. uh, that commits the foul. Bad mistake, right? Terrible mistake. And, and that's not the guy you expected that mistake to come from. Of all the people on that back line, who's been the one rock consistent throughout? I, mean, of Anthony, that Anthony Robinson, I think it's Anthony Robinson. But, yeah, but, but, but in terms I of being see the what you're saying. Center back. But especially today, I mean, especially today, Seb. I really thought until that penalty kick, the two men of the match or the, the performance of the match were the center backs. So what happens there? Does Walker? It's a bad get, decision. Does he go red or does he see red? Is he trying to do too much? He tries to make a play. Yeah. He tries to make a play. He lunges. He goes in between Gareth Bell's legs, takes him out from behind. You leave a decision like that to the referee. It was a clear penalty kick. Yeah. They called yeah, it. Yeah. There's no. Gareth no Bell. Doubt even about with it. Gareth. Even then, Gareth Bell steps up. You still have a feeling like. Hey, Matt Turner. You had a feeling. You were saying. Well, just because it's, <laughs> it's, it's in his bag, right? He's done that. And, and we'll get Casey on here, and we'll talk about when a keeper's confident and whatnot. But you still think, you know. He gets the right way. As, as a team, you, you're thinking, this is, still, this is still us. We have, we have a shot. But what you won't want to do, especially towards the end of the game, is make a silly mistake like yeah. that. And that's what it was. How, how did the U.S. handle Bale other than that in your eyes? Great. Uh, he was not. Like, I mean, really great, right? He did nothing until listen, the penalty. It was a typical Gareth Bell performance. He did nothing until he did something, yeah, right? Yeah, he did nothing until he did everything. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, we have to give them credit, right? That was, in the first half, I think you say, well, Wales didn't do anything to get Bale in dangerous positions. In the second half, he was a little bit more alive, and you actually had to defend him. And I think I, the United I, States, I, I gotta tip in my terms hat to of Rob the run Page. of play, Rob, did Rob right Page, uh, he saw exactly where it hurt the U.S. men's national team, that physicality being vertical, being mm -hmm. direct, uh, being just all over them. The set pieces, the set pieces. Were, a, were a nightmare defensively. But even the direct play, you're, you're playing into a yeah. forward who's over six foot, he's 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, it's a lot to handle. The second balls, which is U.S. men's national team, this U.S. men's national team, yeah. that's not their forte. It, it really hurt them. In terms of set pieces, do you think the other teams that are not faced the U.S. Will, will see what Wales did, just how dangerous it was, was and say, that's a place we can beat the United States. Because I don't really think in the history of American soccer, that's been the case. It's certainly not when they play in the region in right. CONCACAF. They are it's the, been the opposite, dominant right? aerial you, force. You're the, you're the dominant physical force. I mean, there were, there were two plays back-to-back -back, uh, where it's set pieces. One set piece ends in a corner, then the ensuing corner. And it's both sh it's shaky moments. Absolutely shaky moments. And it's shaky some of that's moments. On, some of that's on Matt Turner. Came it, out it with could, a little it, hesitation. It, there. there was a foul on that one. You, yeah, you, you, yeah I, didn't see a, I didn't see so much foul. You saw very clearly. There was a foul. Either, either way. I will go back to how young this team is. Mm -hmm. and, and there's something to be said about the mentality of players. And that can get shaken. 
the psychological part of this game. That can be tested, and it was in the second half. Can we talk about the U.S. goal? Because I think it was a moment of beauty, uh, and it's from the two guys who, for me, are the after the penalty, the two obvious choices for man of the match. It's Christian Pulisic with the setup, yeah. exactly what you want him to do, and Tim Weah getting in behind, which is exactly why he's in the lineup. We can criticize Greg Berhalter, but that was one of the lineup choices he made. He made it for that reason, and it paid off in a goal. A, a, a beautiful play. I mean, Christian Pulisic driving at the heart of the defense, slipping a very well-timed, well-weighted ball to, to uh, Timothy Weah. Who, who, by the way, they will now refer to George Weah as Timothy Weah's dad. <laughs> and Timothy Weah with the outside of the right boot. Just a ridiculous yeah. calm finish that you don't expect from such a young player. And certainly a player who's coming off an injury and just kind of getting back into, into rhythm. But what he was there to do, mm -hmm. what they were both there to do, they did. And, and we were Weah, talking your man of the match? I'm sorry? Weah, your man of the match? Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I would have to say so for how dangerous he was in the first half. He had a very good touch and a, and a cross that he sent almost ended up in an own goal. He was very confident, um, very uh, purposeful in his mm -hmm. runs, in the way he was playing, linked up well. Good performance. Um, one of the players that I think for me is your obvious man of the match is Christian Pulisic, but um, what did you make of his performance overall? I thought it was good. I thought it was a, a good performance from Christian yeah. Pulisic. Christian Pulisic who... People have questioned. You know, we were on set with the FC guys, and 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 Burley was talking about how he said, pretty much called him a two-bit player at Chelsea. You know, and, and even for being a two-bit player at Chelsea, I said, well, he's still a very dangerous player when he goes one v one, when he drives at defenders. Forget about Chelsea because this is now a different tournament, this is now a different competition. He can be a different man, yeah. and he was that at times. He needs to be that more often. I saw a lot of personality from, him, and I saw it in the first half, jabbering right? at the referee. Yeah, yeah and yeah. and not just jabbering. Telling the referee, who's a Qatari referee, Durax. doesn't have kind of that, that, that yeah. elite global experience, calm down, yeah, yeah. don't give any more cards, you've already given us two yeah. and three. I think when we talk about him not being the captain, there's a way he leads without the captain's arm. And one more thing I want to get a thought on you, the midfield, rate it. Because we always talk about this team, the strength, the MMA oh, midfield. goodness. Um, not, not their best? Not, not their in best. that second half. Not, uh, I thought Tyler was good defensively. Um, in the first half, uh, he tried covering a lot of ground. But when you bypass that midfield, you have to be, you have to make your presence felt some way. And I felt that midfield, it was the opposite. They got lost in the in the direct play, and, and they weren't effective. They were just three more out there. Would you make a change for any of the next games, or are you sticking with MMA? Uh, I think Weston's going to be very difficult for Weston to play the next game. The way he came off, yeah, and he was grabbing that leg and immediately taking the bandage off. Uh, I think it'd be very difficult, and I I think bearing health we may see a Luca de la Torre. Pasión, determinación y constancia es lo que te hace campeón y mantiene tu actitud de ride or die baby. eBay Motors tiene lo que necesitas para darle mantenimiento a tu vehículo y para llegar hasta el rendimiento máximo. Desde sobrealimentadores, sistemas de sonido, tubos de escape, luces LED y más. Si buscas velocidad, potencia o estilo, lo encontrarás todo en eBay Motors. Con más de 122 millones de piezas, siempre encontrarás justo lo que buscas. Y con Guaranteed Fit de eBay, tienes la garantía de que tu pieza quede perfectamente a la primera o se te devuelve tu dinero. Porque con eBay Motors, quemas llantas y no tu dinero. Con las piezas que buscas, a los precios que quieres, tu auto se convertirá en el MVP que te dará el triunfo. eBay Motors. eBayMotors.com 
Solo para artículos elegibles se aplican restricciones. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. All right, uh, for more perspective on the U.S. Wales finishing in a 1-1 draw, let's bring in our good friend who's back in Bristol, Connecticut, Casey Keller, a veteran of many World Cups with the U.S. men's national team. Casey, uh, great to have you with us. Uh, let's just get your opening thoughts on the game. What would you make of the uh, performance and the draw from the U.S.? Well, I think you guys alluded to it really well. Is, is you, know, you start hitting cliches, right, and you start talking about you know, a game of two halves, but then you wonder why was it a game of two halves. And there's another cliche that people talk about, and it's called match fitness. And the U.S., and you talked about several players, Weston being one of them, Weah being one of them, Dest being one of them, McKinney being one of them, who really, oh, and you can probably throw Pulisic in that as well, a lack of match fitness. They did a really great job of pressing Wales higher up the field, maybe not from the initial, probably from the initial entry pass in the midfield. They won every second ball in midfield that first half. Wales couldn't get out of their own half, and when they did, it was simply to hit a ball further up the field, give possession back to the U.S. Well, the U.S. looked like they started to run out of gas, and they couldn't put that pressure higher up the field. Because they couldn't put that pressure higher up the field, and because of the adjustments bringing in Kiefer Moore, where you have a player that was then holding the ball up, which was non-existent in the first half for Wales, then the U.S. had to start running without the ball when they're already lacking match fitness for four or five guys on the pitch. And, and there's the one other thing about playing in a World Cup. The emotion of the first 20, 30 minutes. And you're running on adrenaline. Hmm. And things are going crazy. You're 1-0 up. You're, you, you have these delusions of grandeur. You come in at halftime. The team that you're playing against, for some reason, I have no idea why Wales didn't show up the first half. Now, we can have all those excuses as well. Haven't been in a World Cup in over 60 years. Maybe the occasion of being back in the World Cup that first half. Guys were nervous. They were a little bit just overawed. And then at halftime, they said to themselves, why are we playing like this? We're, we're, we're all Premier League players. We're, we're, we're better than this. And then they showed that they're better than this. And, and, and the U.S. just weren't able to respond. In the end, a lot of us thought it was going to be a 1-1 draw simply because Wales are a tough team to play against. They don't concede a lot of goals. The U.S., we know, don't have that marquee goal scorer. So you're looking at that going, where are the goals from the U.S. going to be come by? And and exactly what you guys talked about. Gareth Bale, who was non-existent for the majority of the game, wins a penalty, scores it, and does what he needed to do to be on that pitch. Case, you spoke about that match fitness. Uh, how much of that is match fitness, and how much of that can we attribute to, like, maybe that team psyche, that mentality, and it being shaken in that second half? But you, you can't get match fitness without playing matches. That's why it's called match fitness. You can't replicate the energy of a match that matters in a training session. 
And we just have too many guys for whatever reason, either injured or maybe not in their side at the moment. And then you're asking them in a week's notice to give me that match fitness. Now, we all know those, those rare specimens uh, that it doesn't matter. They, they can work harder than anybody else on the field. And look, Anthony Robinson is one of those guys, but he's also playing week in and week out for Fulham. So, but it is, it's really difficult to ask guys to get to that level when they've, when they've really struggled with injuries over the last couple months and, and have worked really hard to get themselves fit to be on the pitch. But it's asking a lot when a team like Wales then changes what they're doing, start holding the ball up a little better, start connecting passes in midfield, and now you've had it completely your way for 45 minutes. And you know how much easier it is, Herc, to run with the ball than it is without the ball. And you just had 45 <laughs> minutes where you got to run unopposed with the ball. Now all of a sudden you're 20 minutes into the second half and you've barely touched the ball and you're working without it and you're starting to look over at the bench going, um, hey, Greg, maybe, maybe it's time for me to come off. <laughs> It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. All right, speaking of Greg, why don't we take a look at Greg Berhalter's starting lineup in this game because I want to go over some of the big lineup choices that he had to make as a manager and I think there's probably not one that we've talked about more on this show than the number nine. Today okay. he goes with Josh Sargent. Uh, Casey, how did you feel about Josh Sargent's performance in this match? I thought, I thought Josh did what I expected from Josh. He was going to work hard and, and uh, you know, <laughs> a shame that you know, the, the header in the first half just glanced off the outside of the post. I would have loved to have seen that at least be on target. The stuff that always kind of confuses me a little bit is, you know, Josh was really far on the outside looking in during qualifying. And somehow he goes from the Premier League where he's not involved to getting relegated to the championship and then starts in the first game of the World Cup. Um, I'd also say a similar thing. I thought Tim Ream had a, had a fantastic game. But how do you go from not being on the team unless somebody gets injured to them being the last one involved and then starting in the first game? If you were so good that you were going to start the first game, how were you not in the team from the outset? So, yeah, those, those are some of the questions I would have for Greg if we were sitting down after, you know, after this and you know, hanging out like we do often that, uh, that, I would, that I would ask him, you know, mm -hmm. where, were, 
Where were those thought processes on that? In in that you know you you have enough confidence to start Tim Ream, but you weren't even going to have him on the team. Yeah, you know, I, I agree with uh, the assessment of Josh Sargent. I thought he was fine. I thought just fine. That doesn't sound well, like a well, ringing you endorsement. Ha you have to you have to factor in the whole game, not just the first half. Everybody was good in the first half. Josh Sargent was holding up the ball very well in the first half. His runs were crisp in the first half. He looked dangerous in the first half. And we expected I expected Josh Sargent to play this game. Just talking to Greg Berhalter and the profile player he was looking for, it depended on the opponent. He said it himself. Josh plays against this type of opponent in the championship. He's played against this type of opponent in the Premier League. I, I thought he did fine, um, but I'm with Casey here. It it's very difficult to go from not being part of this team to all of a sudden starting the very first game of a World Cup. Casey, let's get your thoughts on Matt Turner. He obviously uh, gets the start today. Not a lot of action, not a lot he could have done on the penalty, but what would you think of his game? Yeah, I mean, I think for the most part it was, it was solid. Um, obviously a couple crosses there. I mean, Kiefer Moore... Uh, you know, had a dunk that he missed, you know, over the bar, which was very similar to Holland's goal yeah. against Senegal, where he got kind of caught in decision and then the big man got in front of him and got fortunate that it was, uh, you know, flicked over the, over the crossbar. And I think that's going to be something that, you know, England's going to be looking at and going to be saying, you know, let's, uh, let's put a lot of crosses on top of this guy. You know, the, the, there's one thing when you go, when you make that move, you know, from MLS to England, one of the biggest differences is the quality of crosses and the consistency, the way they're whipped in, and then how the split-second decision-making has to be made for you to come out or not come out. And, you know, I mean, Matt, I, I know, he, great shot stopper. You know, I like the way he read the ball. I would have loved to have seen him head that ball a little bit wider and not give... Uh, and not force Kellen Acosta into having to, to take a yellow card uh, in the hope that for Wales that Gareth Bale could hit the midfield bomb. But uh, I think it was it was it was decent, um, but but he could improve. All right, one last thing for you here, Casey. Uh, how do you think the U.S. then, having seen what England did today against Iran, putting up those six goals in the six to two win? How does this U.S. team now with a point in the bag? Uh, right. approach that game against England because I think there's probably some U.S. fans that are pretty worried that, that that could get out of hand and if you're if you're 0-1-1 that's not a good spot to be after two well, games. Well it, it's going to be a little different because obviously that first half and I think we all assumed in that first half that the U.S. was going to have a lot of possession against Wales. That is not going to be the case against England. It's going to be a different mindset on on how the team approaches defending and defending against a team that is significantly more explosive in possession uh, than, uh, than this Welsh side that can beat you on the dribble. They can beat you over the top. And not only that, extremely dangerous off of set pieces as well. So multi-headed attack. Still, I think the U.S. has the players. They have the, the physicality to also you know, hit England on the counterattack at times. I think if there was one little piece, one little Achilles heel on this on this English side, I think they can get uh, they can get at at the defense when they're when they're pushed up in in possession if they make a poor pass. So, uh, but it'll be a completely different look than we saw today. And in some ways, it's it's almost a little bit different than 2014. You know, 2014, you get the three points against Ghana, then the point against against Portugal, and you're like, okay, 
just don't get hammered by Germany and you've got a really good chance of going through. So this is almost that little bit opposite. Instead of playing Germany in the last game, you're playing that team in the second game. And you're almost going, look, if you can steal a point, brilliant. But in the end, if you can keep that to to one nil and then know you're going up against Iran, who you know has to play better than they did against England and and, and give yourself an opportunity in that last game. Now, by all means, don't be afraid of England. Don't go into the England game thinking, okay, just pack it in with 11 and because they're so much better than us. By no means, but, but definitely be a little bit more conservative in that match and make sure you don't do what Iran did. Concede that first, first goal, open yourself up, and before you know it, it's, the game's away from you. All right, there he is, Casey Keller. Casey, great to have you with us here on Football Americas. And Herc and I will see you in what? About 90 minutes on ESPN FC. There Thanks again. Good. All right, guys. There he is, Casey Keller. What a ledge. What a ledge, giving us uh, his time here on Football Americas. Let's have some fun. It's been very tense here. Let's get to get to some fun stuff. Uh, dripping or tripping here on Greg Berhalter's shoes, Herc. Oh. I'm told uh, these are the Air Jordan 4. Amanyes. I don't even know how to say that. I'm going to give the shoes a dripping and the chinos a tripping. Whoa! Them's fighting words. Listen, at least no bounce passes today. Them's fighting words, Hercules Gomez. I'm told, I don't really know much about sneakers, but I'm told these are about the most rare sneakers that you can get, right? They came out maybe like a week ago, a month ago. There's only so many pairs of them. All right, you know uh, who's really jealous? Who? Is, uh, Producer Beto. Producer Beto, who's got his own uh, great kick game. Uh, speaking of great hair game, Herc, did you see what Weston McKinney did to his hair? Yeah, Red, white, and blue, dripping or tripping? Uh, listen, man, I, I get it. It's the World Cup. Let's make some money. You'll get yourself noticed. But uh, it's one of these things that'll be, like, you can't pull that off unless you yourself are dripping. Like, you yourself have a good performance. You yourself will have a good World Cup. I don't know. It's a lot of pressure. I wouldn't have gone with it, but my man pulls it off. All right. Let's uh, let's hope he's healthy as well for what's left of the tournament. As of course, we saw Weston McKinney limp off there against Wales. Elsewhere in Group B action on Monday, England with a huge win over Iran. It took 35 minutes for England to open the scoring, but when they did, whew, they did indeed. Jude Bellingham started okay. things off uh, after Iran actually saw their goalie carted off due to an injury. It was three nothing at the half. Bakayo Saka, Raheem Sterling tallying before the break in the second half. Saka would. Add another, then the subs got involved. Marcus Rashford scoring, Jack Grealish scoring. The final score, six to two, by the way, for Iran. Both goals coming from Mehdi Taremi, one from the okay, penalty okay. spot in stoppage time. The statistics from this game, guys, very much underline England's dominance. They had 78% possessions as the three Lions get three points in their World Cup opener. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperice.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, 
everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Now it is time to check the mentions. And uh, boy, you guys have been flooding the mentions. Mostly Herc's mentions, because nobody ever responds to me on social media. Let's see what the other good questions are. Ah, this first one here. What do you and Herc make of England not wearing the, wearing the One Love armband today? Of course, uh, much was made of this. The European nations were going to wear a One Love armband, uh, showing their support for the LGBTQ plus community. Yeah. FIFA threatened with the possibility of a yellow card for those captains, uh, and then the captains obviously choosing not to wear the armband. What do you make of it, Herc? I will start by saying I'm very disappointed in FIFA, in the FA. Um, but I've seen the onus being shifted to the players. Why don't the players take a stand? Why doesn't Harry Kane take a stand? It would be, it would be uh, such a great example set mm -hmm. for, for everybody. While that may be true, you're asking a player to put himself at a competitive disadvantage. Yellow card one game, yellow card the next, yellow card the third. You're suspended. Yeah. Yellow card in a game, you play conditioned. You're at a competitive disadvantage. The onus should be put on FIFA. Why are you here? Why are you in Qatar with its track record? And if you're going to be, then allow your captains to express themselves of how they want. Of course. If That's, you were think, okay the with the protest, you said you would be okay with. Yeah. Why are you handing out sanctions on the field? Because the yellow card basically says you can't do this. You cannot right? do that. And uh, coupled with the rule that FIFA has that you've got to keep the same captain, right? So Correct. people are like, oh, we'll just rotate the armband. You cannot rotate the armband. And, and, and that kind of really cuts away. I, I do, I'm with you. The, the, Impossible the blame, situation for the players. Yeah, the blame is just nowhere on the players no. in this. I, I don't think you can ask them to be the ones to clean up this mess. I, yeah. I think that's the bottom line. Uh, speaking of messes, Herc, you know what's always a mess? Hmm. Refereeing. We're going to Greg Berhalter. Okay. Uh, no, next question comes actually from Marvin. How does this happen? You can't blame this on a young team. A veteran player caused the most significant error, losing the U.S. all three points. Also, the changes were flat, except for Aronson. Frustrating game, bad coaching. Uh, in the second half. All right, Herc, there's a lot to unpack there. What do you make of it? Second half is always where Greg Berhalter has made his money in, it is, in right? qualifying, not yeah. the case today. Not the case today. Um, you can talk about how green this young team is, inexperienced. And yeah, they are. First World Cup, yeah, all but Yedlin. Every single player but Yedlin. But you know who the greenest is? And I've said it many times, it's Greg Berhalter. This is one of those learning moments for him. How can I help my team? How soon do I need to do it? Mm -hmm. How can I give them more solutions? Yes, these players are the ones that play the game, but this they have to figure it out. It doesn't quite fly. You have to help them figure it out. You have to help them. They don't make the subs themselves. Bad mistake by Walker Zimmerman? Absolutely. Isn't the first and won't be the last. Not in his career, not for a professional soccer player, not in a World Cup. These things happen, but it's why they happen. You're under constant pressure. And two players, Walker Zimmerman being one of them, who had a fantastic game leading up to that. They were the best players, Tim Ream and Walker Zimmerman, their performance. But when they are under constant pressure and you can't alleviate that pressure as a manager, these things will happen. Do you know who we didn't see tonight? Who? Gio Reyna. I, I wonder, is that a, something we can criticize Greg Berhalter for or did the game not present the opportunity oh, the to bring on a Gio Reyna? The game presented an opportunity so to So it was a mistake to leave him on the bench? If he is healthy, yes. Oh, he's here, he's healthy, come on. You got to play him because there, there was a need for a player to be on the ball, to take some of that steam or heat, as Nadem said, out of the game. 
the Who's thing. that guy? Who's yes. that guy? You could put three guys on Gio. Who's the guy yeah. who can dribble out of pressure, who can yeah. pass out of pressure, who can do that gamesmanship that we have spoken about before, that, that kind of knows how to get in the, the opponent's face without even saying a word? That's Gio Reyna. You need a little bit more personality, especially in that midfield, especially in the final third, uh, in those 20, 25 minutes where the team was non-existent, where the midfield was being bypassed, and you didn't. He wasn't there. All right, well, that's all the time we've got for this edition of Football Americas. But, of course, Herc, we will be back tomorrow in a mm. big game, of course, as Mexico face off against Poland. What we will have we full coverage of that. It is a little bit different, right? Usually we've been going at 4 p.m. Eastern time. But, actually, tomorrow we'll be going at 2 p.m. Eastern time. Is that correct? Producer Beto, we think 2 p.m., 1 p.m. We'll, we'll put it on social media. He said 1 p.m. 1 p.m. Eastern time. All right, so we'll be on 1 p.m. Eastern time right after uh, Mexico and Poland wraps up. And, of course, joining us. How about this on tomorrow's show? Former MLS MVP, former Canadian international, Dwayne DiRosario. Oh, DiRosario. Let's in the house. go. He's going to help us uh, look ahead to uh, Canada's. Return to the World Cup for the first time since 1986. For Hercules Gomez, producer Beto, I'm Sebastian Salazar. We'll see you tomorrow from Qatar. <clears throat> ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Capital One.